0: The prisoner wishes to say a word Freedom. Hello. Are you well? Last week I met a man who I respect so much. But he told me something that worried me. He said that for him, jail was home. That's where he was at his best and where he felt safe. And I thought, what kind of society do we live in where a person only feels at home or safe or better when they're removed from it? But he said to me he was happy and that got me thinking about freedom and the perception of freedom and I thought well you can be in jail but your mind can be free and you could be out of jail and your mind isn't free. So it is really all about perception. There's a great poem that was written by Reverend Beecher many years ago. I'm going to read it to you. I'm standing upon the seashore. A ship at my side spreads her white sails to the moving breeze and starts for the blue ocean.
1: She's an object
0: of beauty and strength. I stand and watch her until at length she hangs like a speck of white cloud just where the sea and the sky come to merge with each other. Then someone at my side says... There. She's gone. Gone where? Gone from my sight, that's all. She is just as large in mast, hull and spar as she was when she left my side. And she is just as able to bear her load of living freight to her destined port. Her diminished size is in me, not in her. And just at the moment when someone says, There. She is gone. There are other eyes watching her coming and other voices ready to take up the glad shout. Here she comes. Now I'm sure when Beecher wrote that he didn't have the thought of prisons or prisoners in his mind. But I think it's a really good example, don't you? The perception of any event depends on my present frame of mind when thinking about it. The loss of freedom puts... Every type of fear that you never knew existed into your mind, your body, and your soul. I sometimes look back at some of my days in jail, and I smile. I smile at the good days. And that gets me thinking, how could I smile now and cry then? but it comes back to being my present state of mind when I'm thinking about the event. So, where is the line between reality and perception? I have done a few podcasts recently and they seem to be, when I've listened to them again, quite down and depressing. And that goes to my state of mind when I'm talking to you about how I am and how I feel. What comes across in a lot of them is my passion and my passion can come across as anger or desperation and I suppose a lot of it is, isn't it? Each of us perceives things in the way that our emotions allow us to do so. We need to manage our own personal drama, do we not? The line between perception and reality for a former prisoner, or for a serving prisoner, is often quite blurred. I perceive things how I want them to be, sometimes not how they actually are. I perceive that I am going to be able to walk into a jail, roll up my sleeves and help my fellow human beings. And to a certain extent I am, and I'm welcome to do so by many governors and directors of jails. But then when I put my points across, I think I maybe used too much passion. But that's because the reality of the starkness of jails rings more true to a former prisoner than it does to a governor. Because we know what it's like not to be able to leave that building at five o'clock at night not, in my instance, to be able to leave it for 1,365 nights. So our reality of when we go to a governor and say, you must change this, is because we know what it feels like. And I don't think, well, I know that governors can't, and that's not any slight to a governor or to a director or anything like that. I, you can sympathise with us, but you can't empathise with us. So somebody put the question to me, are, are we guilty of reliving our punishment for our own gain? And that's a really interesting question, isn't it? The person that asked me it was, a very, it was a very, very bright individual. And to a certain extent, we are. We are guilty of doing that because we take our punishment of being in jail and turn it into an experience of being in jail. And we then take that experience to try and help others. And we get so frustrated and angry when we feel that people won't listen to us. And I think maybe I overgeneralise that when I say everybody doesn't listen and everybody is not interested in an ex-con or an ex-prisoner. And I apologise to people if that's how I come across, but my passion knows no bounds. Look, I don't know how to run a jail. I'm sure many of my colleagues who work in jails, who have the experience that, that I have, are the same. What we do know is how we, to make a jail better and more decent for those that are living in it, and in turn for those that are working in it. It is all a state of mind. We have the mentality to, to relate to the current residents. And we beg you to listen to us to do it. How many of you do and and I, I suppose my line of perception versus reality gets blurred because I sit and talk to people and they listen to me and they say, yes, I agree with you. We, I agree with what you say, but I can't do that. And that's where my anger comes out. And my anger comes out in passion and and frustration because I don't get the bureaucracy. I don't get the red tape. So my perception of what should be is not the reality of what will be. I would love to live in a utopian world. I think everybody would. But I know that with our experience, we can try and help that utopian world come to more of a reality. And I'm sorry that those who work in offices and are surrounded by red tape don't get to go out and visit the jails to see what is happening in them and what can change and how they can change it with a simple swipe of a pen to say, we will do this. And I think that those of us who, for instance, in my case, left jail and then immediately started working in them again and go into them on a daily basis, we have more of a reach to the residents. But then we have to stop suffering and live our lives. And I, I, I sit here and preach, that's what we need to do. But there's many a time I've come out of a jail, sat in my car and cried like a baby for the way that people are being forced to live at the moment. So I've made a decision, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to be the depressing podcaster. I will be the ranting podcaster. I will be the podcaster that hopefully will make you think and make a difference. I've decided that because I've only got a year and a bit left now before I have to retire, I'm going to be a thorn in the side of the authorities that govern the jails and by the authorities that govern the jails I don't mean the directors and the governors and the staff because I believe that you are good human beings I'm going to be a thorn in the side of the ones that write the policies that sit there in those offices one could say they're ivory towers and instruct you governors and you directors and you staff to implement policies that you know can never work. I'm gonna be a thorn in their side, ladies and gentlemen, and I forewarn you of this. I will be needling them in the hope that when I do retire, that the person that comes after me gets treated so much better than I have. And I don't say that for self-pity, I say it because when they call these bureaucrats, at least the bureaucrats will then say, "Well, thank God he's not the tartan con, so we'll listen to him anyway, And perhaps that person can make the changes that I've been unable to make. I'm going to leave you with a poem by Walt Whitman: "O oh me, O oh life, of the questions of these recurring, of the endless trains of the faithless, of cities filled with the foolish." Of myself forever reproaching myself for mo- for who more foolish than I and who more faithless of eyes that vainly crave the light of the objects mean of the struggle ever renewed of the poor results of all of the plodding and the sordid crowds I see around me of the empty and useless years of the rest with the rest me intertwined the question O me, so sad, recurring, what good amid these? O me, O life. The answer, that you are here, that life exists and identity, that the powerful play goes on and that you may contribute a verse. That you may contribute a verse what will you verse be ladies and gentlemen mine i hope it will be he was here he helped he gave a damn and he changed things for the better and then he left as always thank you for listening to me be well so singing songs. song.